Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hey, I'm glad to be here in this crazy weekend. Yeah, it's a, listen, it's a big news day. I've got a stacked show for you today, so uh, please don't miss a second of it. A lot of important stories out there. Uh, let's just get right in. Let's not waste any time here. Hey, today's show brought to you by Quip. Quip, that's Q-U-I-P. What's Quip, you ask? Well, it yeah. is uh, one of my favorite new products, and uh, believe me, I mean that. My daughter, too. I had to get a new toothbrush, Joe, mm. um, because uh, my daughter stole the Quip that I got, and she loves it. It is an electric <laughs> toothbrush, and it is absolutely fantastic. When it comes to your health, brushing your teeth, it's one of the most important parts of your day. Quip knows that. They've combined dentistry and design to make a better electric toothbrush. This thing, I, I, I told my wife, she's like, well, what is it like? I'm like, it's like a power washing thing for your mouth. I'm telling you, it's terrific. <laughs> It's the new electric toothbrush that packs just the right amount of vibrations into a slimmer design at a fraction of the cost of those bulkier traditional electric toothbrushes. You know, they look like Pintos. You got to take them with you on the road. You can't do it. Those older ones, right? And guiding pulses alert you went to switch size, making brushing the right amount effortless. Quip comes with a mount that suctions right to your mirror. I stuck that up on my mirror this morning. And unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel anywhere, whether it's going in your gym bag or carry-on. And because the thing that cleans your mouth should also be clean, Quip's subscription plan refreshes your brush on a dentist-recommended schedule, delivering new brush heads every three months for just five bucks, including free shipping worldwide. Quip is backed by a network of over 10,000 dental professionals, including dentists, hygienists, and dental students. Most toothbrushes don't get named one of Time Magazine's best inventions of the year, but Quip did. Use it, and you'll find out why quickly. This thing is great. Find out for yourself why. Quip starts at just $25 and... If you go to getquip, that's Q-U-I-P dot com. That's getquip dot com slash Dan. That's getquip, Q-U-I-P dot com slash Dan. Right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash Dan. Spell G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Dan. Great company. Okay, so much going on. I had a debate where I start, but uh, I think we need to start uh, with the dossier. And what happened over the weekend. So the Democrats released their own memo, uh, yeah. folks. Their own memo came out. And Joe, uh, you look watching me on video. Let me uh, pull you up here full screen so you can get the full effect. Dude. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Democrats. Right. Yes. What yeah. a great memo. Man alive, you would think they were working for the Trump administration. Yeah. So the Democrats released their memo. And just to give you a little bit of the backstory for those of you who just started listening to my show recently. The Obama team spied on the Trump team. The Republicans, in conjunction with Devin Nunez, released a memo describing uh, in very lurid and disturbing detail how it happened in many respects. The Democrats, of course, who are the new police state supporters and don't believe in the Fourth Amendment anymore, Joe, or anything yeah. like that. Remember, the Democrats are at war right now with the First Amendment on college campuses. Nobody's yep. allowed to speak. The Second Amendment through your right to uh, to, to protect yourself. And the Fourth Amendment uh, against uh, legal search and seizure. The Democrats don't care. Nah. They don't. They think it's okay to spy on people now. If you're a Democrat now, sadly, your party is the anti-civil liberals party, anti-civil Party. So instead of acknowledging in the Nunez memo that they were in a world of hurt and that they needed to fix the system, what do they do? They double down on stupid, which is what the modern Democrat Party is getting very, very good at. Yeah. So they released their own memo. And in their memo, Joe, they're like, listen, we're going to clean this thing up. The memo, we're going to talk about what really happened. And in the memo, they confirmed two things. So I want to thank them for doing this, that the dossier of fake information on Donald Trump was, in fact, used to spy on the Trump team. They confirmed that. So thank you. 
Thank you. Good job, guys. Nice job, fellas. Right. Thank you, Joe. You get a round of applause from Armacost there. Thank yeah. you very much. And secondly, they acknowledge that the court, the FISA court, that okayed the warrant to spy on the Trump team was never, in fact, told that Hillary or the DNC paid for the information. Joe. Oh, Another yes, round sir. of applause. Thank you, Democrats. We really <laughs> appreciate it. Now, everyone who's been commenting on this uh, reputably, Byron York, Andy McCarthy, a number of rather prominent figures mm-hmm. out there have come to the exact same conclusion that the Democrat memo was a total political disaster for the Democrats and does nothing but buttress the case the Republicans have been making the whole time that the Democrats are in love with the police state now. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. This is Warner Wolf, our buddies. Let's go to the videotape. And what did they release? Videotape that proves exactly what we've been saying. Now, there's a lot of verbal shenanigans in this, and I'm going to get to that in a second. But I do have a lot of other material to get to as well. But this is important because it broke over the weekend. Um, I'm going to put in the show notes at Bongino.com. Please go. I know. I I mean, I get tired of saying it. uh, uh, You know, it's not. I get it. It's my website, but please go to the website, Bongino.com. Read the show notes today. I I pick about five or six ringer articles. There are some really, really, really good ones by Andy McCarthy and Byron York telling you what I'm telling you now in, in detail, how this is a disaster for the Democrats, this memo. You have to read these pieces to be informed on it and what's going on. I'll also, if you join my email list, I'll send them to you. Okay. On point number one, they, they're making an attempt, point number one being that the dossier was used to spy on the Trump team. In other mm. words, fake information was used to spy in an American citizen. Mm-hmm. Devastating. Fourth Amendment, out, Fourth Amendment out the window. They try to defend it, Joe, by insinuating throughout the document that, well, the fake dossier, Joseph, and the fake information was just a part of it. No, no, no. Folks, I know you get tired of hearing it. But I have to establish some set of bona fides. I was a federal agent. Okay, you get it. Great, good. Who cares? I only say that because I've sworn out warrants. Many of them. Arrest warrants. Search warrants. I've gone in and, although it's not a warrant, I've gotten subpoenas. Do satikum, ad testificatum, meaning produce documents or come testify. I am intimately familiar in my over a, a, a decade of work, in my over a, a, in, in nearly a decade more, 12 years with the Secret Service, with the federal criminal procedures and how they work. Whether the dossier was 10% of what it took to get the warrant or 1% or 100%, it doesn't matter. Do you know why, Joe? There is a standard of proof. Mm. Folks, Joe, if I if I lose the audience, yeah. please okay. stop me. You are their representative, and they love you based on some traffic I got this email. I'm stoked about today's show, but my energy is high, even though I've been up since like 5 o'clock because I had to do Fox and Friends this yeah. morning, and I'll get to that later, too. I can tell. I'm, no, I am. I'm really I, stoked today. I, yeah, I know no. you can tell because you can see me on video, too. Uh, folks. There is a standard of a legal standard of evidence to obtain a warrant. It is black and white. You either have it or you do not. It is not marginal, meaning you don't say anywhere in the law, Joe, does it say, okay, I want to get a warrant to wiretap Joe Armacost's phones. You need a standard of evidence that probable cause of a crime has happened. You have probable cause, probable cause of a crime that Joe committed it. 
and that listening to his conversations is the only way we're going to be able to gather evidence outside other less intrusive means. Right. You don't get to go to the judge and go, judge, this is what the Democrats are arguing, by the way. I have 99.9% of what I need in probable cause. I'm not to 100, judge, but I got 99, and therefore I'd like a warrant to spy on uh, on Joe. The judge is going to laugh you out of the court. You either have probable cause or you don't. Now, Adam Schiff, the Democrat uh, who is just a, a really unbelievably horrible human being, the Democrat on the Intel Committee who is pushing this memo, is I, I, he's a lawyer, which is puzzling to me that he would put a memo out which defends the Republican cause and try to make it a legal sounding document. His argument, Joe, do you see now how silly his argument is? Well, the dossier was just a part of the probable cause that we used to get a warrant. Well, would the, what, what are you saying? So you're saying it was what, 20%? So without the dossier, you only had 80% of probable cause. By the way, Joe, (laughs) keep in mind, I'm conceding a major point to him that I shouldn't, but I'm doing it to show you how ridiculous the Democrat case is. And McCarthy goes into this at length in his piece at National Review, which will be in the show notes, which is a must read, right? By the way, I got to put this, I got so much I love Andy, man. I love Andy McCarthy stuff. He's a ringer. Total yep. ringer. I, I wait with bated breath for every article to come out. He makes this point because he's a he's a, a, a practiced and professional attorney who has prosecuted big cases for the United States government. It doesn't matter whether the dossier, Joe, was 100 percent of what the probable cause evidence. In other words, the information contained in it. <laughs> Trump was here and Trump did this and Trump did that. By the way, the dossier has been entirely discredited. But all of the things it said Trump did, the Democrats have now acknowledged that all of the things the dossier said they did was used on an application to spy on the man. They're now saying, oh, no, it was just a small piece of it. It doesn't matter. It was what you used to obtain a black or white standard, probable cause. Yeah. Without it, they're already acknowledging they didn't have the black or white standard. Yeah. Is it? There's a hard fence, folks. The hard fence is probable cause. You're either on one side of the fence or the other. You don't get to say, judge, I'm halfway up, halfway there. I've almost got it. Get out of my courtroom immediately will be the response. And go practice up on your criminal investigative skills. The standard is probable cause. The Democrats, if they made the case, which they do not at any point in the memo, if they, and this is the argument for your liberal friends, If they had made the case at any point in the memo, Joe, Mm -hmm. that probable cause existed before the dossier and -hmm. it was some kind of a supplement, then they may have a case. Yeah, I hear you. But that's not what they're saying. They're saying the dossier was used to establish probable cause. But don't worry, Joe. It was just a little bit. (laughs) It was just a little bit. Like horseshoes and hand grenades. We were close. We were close. (laughs) We we got, we were almost there. We were 95% of the way there. Now, let me just get back to the point I was making because I'm I'm getting overly excited. I hate that. Because I really was looking for, I mean, I, I was up at CPAC last week's shows where th- this is my, I'm back and I'm back, back in my studio, ready to rock and roll today. 
Adam Schiff is trying to make the point, both points are wrong, by the way, that it was, say, a small portion of the information needed to get over the fence. It doesn't matter. I'm telling you, even that point is ridiculous based on a body of evidence that's now incontrovertible. The deputy director of the FBI, Andrew McCabe, Mm -hmm. who was intimately involved in these cases, has already admitted in on-the-record testimony that the warrant would have never been issued to spy on the Trump team without the dossier. He's already admitted this. Right, right. And although we don't have the FISA warrant applications now, ladies and gentlemen, nobody has produced a scintilla of evidence of probable cause that Carter Page, who was the warrant was issued against as a vehicle to spy on the Trump team, because remember, they can go back and get his communications with the Trump team, his texts, his historical emails, everything. That was the vehicle, right? him and Manafort, Mm. to get warrants on them. Nobody has produced evidence of probable cause of any crime. Joe, how do I know that? Let me let me set you up, Joe. Joe is I I, I know he hates when I do this, but I'll do it anyway. All right. Joe, if I have probable cause, right, that Carter Page, yeah, that, who, just to be clear, that's who the FISA warrant was issued on, and I'm telling mm-hmm. you, it was just it was a ruse. It was just to spy on Trump. They weren't looking at Page, even though the warrants against him. Right. They wanted his emails. To, remember remember the show I did on the hops. Yep. There's a yeah, there's a yeah. there's a hop rule. Yeah. In other words, they can get Page and a Page email Don Trump Jr. Then they can get Trump Jr.'s emails too. Page is just a vehicle to do it. I'm telling you, the FBI's already acknowledged that the war- FISA warrant against Page would not have happened without the dossier. Mm-hmm. That probable cause is not a 99% game. You either have it or you don't. Mm-hmm. The Democrats don't at any point try to refute that fact that they had probable cause otherwise. Mm-hmm. And let me ask you this simple question, Joe. Mm-hmm. Carter Page is on Sean Hannity tonight mm-hmm. in the show. Let me. I'm not messing with your head here. Is, is he doing that from a federal prison? No, he's not, Dan. No, he's not, Dan. I did not set Joe up for this. He he's not in a federal prison, right? No, you didn't even not. hear about the interview. You've been working no. all morning. Right. He Carter Page has been all over cable news. Carter Page is not under arrest. Carter Page is not in jail. Carter Page If you had probable cause that that Carter Page, by the way, was guilty of being a foreign agent in violation of federal law, why is he on cable news? Why is he out there running around? This is supposedly the most dangerous spy, what, in modern U.S. history? And yet he's on Hannity tonight. Again, he's been on MSNBC, I think like the Today Show or whatever. He's probably been on Ren and Stimpy, for all we know. <laughs> Carter Page has been all over the place. Joe, let me tell you something else. For the, for the people out there who are, who are not in federal law enforcement or local, for that matter, the standard for getting a warrant to spy on Carter Page, yeah. right, by default, the Trump team, is probable cause. Right. Do you know what the standard for arresting someone is as well? The standard of evidence you need to actually arrest them and take their freedom? Uh, probable cause. Probable cause. I did not rehearse <laughs> that with you. You're, Joe, you're not a cop, right? I am not you a never cop, were. Then. You are not a federal agent. Joe is no, a sound engineer and an executive producer of the Dan Bongino Show. That's he is it. not a law enforcement officer. Mm-mm. So what you're telling me right now is probable cause, the Democrats, you're insisting you had probable cause, even though you make no case in your memo, on page. You're then insisting that the dossier was a component of it, apparently not understanding what probable cause means. It doesn't matter if it's a component. (laughs) But then you're suggesting Carter Page is the boogeyman as you suggest what? You already met the probable cause standard, except for the fact that Carter Page has never been arrested and is out doing cable news right now. And this doesn't sound dumb to you.
Guys, ladies, listen, I know, you know, Joe and I, we love our drops and sound bites. And yeah. we love, you know, messing around and being, you know, just humor sometimes takes the edge off the show because we don't want to be screamers all the time. But I'm asking not the conservatives that listen who are already convinced Obama spied on the Obama team spied on the Trump team. I'm asking even reasonable Democrats who might listen to our show or found it by mistake or maybe you found it and you like it. I don't know. I know we have Democrat listeners because I get emails from this one guy, Richard. He's like a maniac. He emails me all the time. It's actually kind of funny. I always respond. Thanks a lot. God bless. Drives him crazy. But I know we have Democrat listeners out there. I'm just asking you to be reasonable here. You're not you're you're. You either have to have a fundamental misunderstanding of how the law works or you're lying. Either you had probable cause without the dossier and therefore, Joe, did not need the dossier, right? right. If you have probable cause right. for a warrant without the dossier, you don't need it. Right. Or right. 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 you didn't have probable cause and you needed the dossier. And now that it's false, you're running for the hills because <laughs> you got a warrant without probable cause. There's no other way. Yeah. What? Please tell me what the third explanation is. If you had probable cause, you didn't need the dossier. If you didn't and you needed the dossier and the dossier, which we now know is fake, has been debunked, you didn't have probable cause. And you went to court and spied with no evidence to do so. It's, it's inarguable. Okay, so point one here. And this is critical you understand this. The dossier, they, the Democrat memo crushes them. It crushes them. Why they released this thing, I have no idea. Yeah. Because very simply, right. it acknowledges the dossier was used. And th- although they, they torture themselves in the memo to minimize its presence as the probable cause um, evidence vehicle, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it was 1% or 90%. What matters is without it, there was no probable cause and therefore no legal justification to spy on the Trump team. None. And this is where, Joe, I I, I don't want to beat this thing to death Mm. here, but this is where they're going to be in a world of trouble. And why I keep telling you folks, there are going to be legal consequences for this. At some point, somebody is going to have to come forward once the FISA application is released, either either through closed quarters or once that application, because it hasn't been released yet. In other words, the full mountain of evidence show presented to the judge to get the warrant has not been released. Right. Folks, sooner or later, that's going to happen. And sooner or later, the evidence used is going to become an irrefutable public record. It hasn't yet. That's why the Democrats are still lying about it. I think they're just buying time. But releasing this memo is going to expose them as frauds when the FISA warrant comes out, Joe, because it's going to show clear as day. There was no probable cause without the dossier. None. This is why I keep begging them, just take a bath. You know, the, the corporate expression we yeah. keep using when corporations lose money and they take a bath, they just announce all the bad news in one quarter. The Democrats just get it out of the way. Just take a bath and admit they spied on the Trump team with no evidence. Or let me just be absolutely precise. They spied on the Trump team without the legal requirement for evidence. In other words, you shredded the Constitution. Just take a bath. Your memo proves the point. At no point in the memo, Joe, do they refute the fact that the dossier was used. None. 
None. None. Yeah, I know. Because they can't. And this is what I told you. This is the difference between Benghazi and these other scandals that the Democrats managed to somehow skate accountability on. Unbelievably, by the way. Joe, there's a court paper trail. There's transcripts. There's court stenographers. You can't lie about what was said in the court. You can't. It's going to go public. Take a bath. Take it. So point number one, the Democrat memo confirms the dossier was used. Full stop. That's all you need to know. Oh, but it was only a small part. uh, Do you understand how probable cause works? It doesn't matter. No, we had probable cause without it. Then why'd you use it? Uh, 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 uh. Do you understand they have no argument here? We had probable cause without the dossier. Are you an idiot? Oh, so you just threw in a fake dossier, what, to contaminate your own case? You can't, there's nowhere for you to go. Nowhere. It's over, Johnny. It's over. It's over, Johnny. Just take a bath. So first they confirmed the dossier was used, just to leave that behind. I want to make two points. I like bullet bullet points for you, just so you have some takeaways. All right. Uh, Today's show also brought to you by our buddies at iTarget. Uh, Big fan of these guys. Thank you for all the positive feedback. You know, ladies and gentlemen, anybody uh, can buy uh, a firearm. I uh, bought a new one this weekend, actually, at my favorite place, Lotus uh, Gunworks, which I love. Every time I go in there, they, they, they're great to me. They see me doing hits and stuff. So uh, thanks. To, shout out to Lotus Gunworks on uh, uh, down at Stewart over there. But to, anybody can have one. The question is, can you fire one accurately? That's what really matters. Anybody can pull a trigger. You have to be able to hit what you're engaging. God forbid you're engaged in a use of force scenario like that, folks. Self-defense matters. Proficiency matters. Now, this is a really... I love this system because it enables you to practice in the safety and security of your own home. What is the iTarget Pro system? And the website, just to be clear, is the letter I targetpro.com. That's the letter I targetpro.com. It is a laser round that goes in your firearm. You don't have to change anything, folks. Whatever you have, I have a Glock 43, I have a Glock 42, I have a number of different handguns, but my Glock 43 is a nine millimeter. You drop the laser round in the chamber. You don't have to make any special modifications. And what does it enable you to do? After, by the way, safely check it, check it twice, check it three times, look, listen, feel, use that pinky, probe an empty chamber, drop that laser round in there. When you depress the trigger on, on, it's not an empty chamber, it's going to be this laser round. It's going to emit a laser onto a target they send you. And using this phone app that uh, you download, real simple. You get to see exactly where those rounds went. People have been sending me their groupings on, say, like a Monday and a Friday, and their accuracy improves dramatically. Folks, you get to practice your sight alignment, your trigger control, your grip, all the stuff that will make you a proficient uh, firearm user. God forbid in the event you need to use it. Remember, competitive shooters dry fire 10 times. Dry fire, meaning they fire an empty weapon to practice their trigger control and their sight alignment. They practice 10 times more dry fire than they do live fire. The range is expensive. It's great to go to, but you can practice in the safety and security of your own home. Go to letter I, targetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com, and I'll give you a nice savings here. Promo code DAN. Thanks to everybody who supports them, by the way. DAN, D-A-N, my first name. You'll get 10% off. Okay. Point number two. Mm -hmm. That the Democrat memo reinforces, and we want to thank them for it. They never at any point in the memo, Joseph, refute the fact that the FISA judge was not told Hillary Clinton and the DNC, in fact, paid for the dossier. That's correct. No, at no point in right. the memo. Well, again, I'm puzzled why the Democrats would release a memo 
that buttresses Republican talking point. I, I, folks, I, 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 you know, I love to come on the show and give you the inside baseball. Here's this. Here's that. The why, I mean, if, if we had a slogan, Joe, right, it would be the why matters. You've only <laughs> yeah. been saying it from day one. I genuinely have no idea why they were so stupid on this. My guess, my guess, because I do feel like I owe you some explanation, but I'm, I'm, I'm. Let me be crystal clear. I'm entirely speculating. Mm-hmm. My guess here is Joe, Joe, is that they are so caught hook, line, and sinker with this thing. Mm-hmm. that they are simply buying time until the Manafort case develops. And don't go anywhere, because I'm going to get to that in a second, because they're going to change their story again. I'm gonna, I am gonna promise I'm going to tie this up. But my guess is that they released the memo, knowing they could temporarily obfuscate and confuse people mm-hmm. to buy time when those court documents are released, because it's going to be devastating, Joe, and it's going to show they had nothing so they can switch the script to Manafort. And I'll get to that in a second. But... It doesn't refute at any point in the memo one of the major Republican talking points that the judge was never told a material fact that he should have been told, that the information, the debunked information in the Trump dossier was paid for by Hillary. He was never told. Now, to be fair here, the Democrats, I hate that to be fair, but I, unlike them, I'm going to say, well, there was a footnote in there that said that candidate one working, you know, was uh, you know, was hired company one to attack its other candidate and it may have had political motives. Folks, no names are used. Joe, you think it's important that it was Trump and Hillary? You think that's important? Well, I feel like it's very important. You're right. If I'm running against Joe Armacost and I file a police report, you think it's, and it's, by the way, it turns out later to be fake. You think it's important for the judge to know that me and Joe, me and Joe are running for the same, say, congressional seat and he's my next door neighbor and I want to file a police report to make him look stupid. You think that's important? Yeah. Yeah, maybe, Joe, right? (laughs) Um, None of that is in there. So the Democrats release a memo claiming that, oh, no, the partisan bias was was told to the judge, therefore this was fair and square, while simultaneously, Joe, acknowledging in crystal clear language that the words Hillary Clinton and the Democrat Party do not appear in there anywhere. Yeah. I do, folks, I don't get it. Now, one final point. So, again, they acknowledge that the judge was never told. So do your liberal friends when they bring you some... Well, Democrat memo said there was a footnote in there. Yeah, did the footnote indicate that Hillary and the DNC paid for it? Oh, no, it didn't. Okay, thank you. Quiet now. Thank you very much. Have a nice day, though. Thanks for bringing that up. And one final point on this. (laughs) The Democrats in the memo labor themselves to again establish the credibility of Christopher Steele. Folks, I've already talked about this on the show in another spectacular Andy McCarthy piece. Christopher Steele, of course, the spy paid, the British spy paid to gather the intelligence on Trump from his Russian friends. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Steele's credibility doesn't matter. There is no vicarious credibility, as Andy McCarthy points out. The information is not from Steele. It's from information Steele says he got from someone else. And McCarthy made the point of Fox and Friends this morning, which is brilliant, that Joe, we don't even know Steele's telling the truth. Right. Yeah. We don't even know. And he says, Joe, how do you know Christopher Steele's sources even exist? How do you know? Uh, I don't know. You have, I don't either. Mm-mm. Because we don't know who they are. Right. There is no vicarious credibility. If I am a source for a police department on Joe's constant felonious mopery, mm-hmm. and I want Joe indicted for felonious mopery, and I have evidence of mopery, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But my evidence comes from another source 
So it's like second and third hand junk. It's the other source's credibility that that matters, not mine. Not the person who passes it on to the police department. I could be Mother Teresa if the source passing me the information just doesn't like Joe and he, you know, he's a drunk who, who all day just has nothing to do but bother Joe. Mm-hmm. It's his credibility. He gave me the info. It's not mine. So to your Democrat friends who constantly are citing Christopher Steele's credibility, please respond. Are you unfamiliar with how this works? His credibility is irrelevant. It's his source's credibility. And one, we have no idea they even exist, these sources. We don't. No one's, we have no idea who they are. Secondly, it's their credibility that matters. And Joe, why can't we judge their credibility? Because we don't know who they are. We don't even know if they're breathing. If they're actual people. We don't know. Oh, man. All right. Folks, this case is getting uglier and uglier. There are two pieces that came out, one on Breitbart and uh, one on the Daily Signal. Both will be in the uh, in the show notes today. I got to remember that. I'm going to put a little note because sometimes mm-hmm. I forget and I get upset with myself. There's a piece first in the Daily Signal. Remember the entire time what we've been talking about. And this piece is damning. Matter of fact, you know I have a book coming out on this. It's coming out soon. Matt Palumbo, my co-author, and I are almost done. But I sent this piece to Matt with like a gold mine. Like, look at this. Ding, 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 ding. Mm-hmm. Daily Signal has a piece out by Chuck Ross at the Daily Caller, who doesn't seem to like me much, but it's all right. He does great work over there. And I don't, you know, I don't know why some people, some people still like me for all kinds of reasons. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever, as the kids say. But he does good work. He has a piece. He must write at the Daily Signal, too, or they, I don't know, they share pieces, whatever it may be. But there's a piece I'll put up at the show notes today. It's a must read if you've been following this case. Because what have I told you, Joe, the entire time? This was a setup. Yep. This whole thing was a setup. The Obama team subjected the Trump team through Hillary and their Democrat consigliaries. That is to a sting operation. People kept, random people kept the, approaching the Trump team. They weren't random, but they, they, it seemed random. And the press is still treating that way. Kept approaching the Trump team with either... Claims of having information about Russians and Russian emails and Russian emails on Hillary or Hillary's emails that the Russians had or people showed up at situations where conversations that were had about Russians seemed to make it back to Fusion GPS. If you've been listening to the show from episode number 628 on, this is clear as day. I point to a number of people who have been approaching the Trump team. The Agalarovs, Sergei Milian. Uh, who else? Alexander Downer. These people are all connected to either Democrats or the Clinton team and have interactions with the Trump team. I am absolutely convinced this was a sting. One of those people is Sergey Milian. Now, I'm not suggesting at all that these people, Joe, just to be clear, even knew they were part of a sting operation. Yeah. I'm not. No. But you don't have to be. You don't have to. You know. don't have to know. No. If I pay a guy to go to Joe's house, I give him $30 a day and say, listen, I want you to knock on this guy's door, guy's door and see if he'd be interested in doing an armed robbery with you. And it's me looking to set Joe up. The guy I grab off the street who does it, he may have no idea what he's part of. Mm. I don't know. I'm not claiming they are. They were witting accomplices. I'm simply claiming to you that they. I absolutely believe they were part of something bigger. The piece Ross put a million out there has only solidified that view. It's fascinating. Because he says in the piece that's now, Joe, uh, unbelievably, I mean, it, hold on, let me move this mic cord here, that uh, 
the FBI is looking at, let me, you know what, let me just give you the quick background on Millian because I'm assuming you all listen. You may not have heard that part. Sergey Millian is a international businessman who is in many ways connected with Papadopoulos, had meetings with him, spoke with him, knew him, knew Papadopoulos. Millian is also alleged to have been the source, maybe it, not directly, but the source of the golden shower information that made it into the dossier. In other words, the the grotesque, by the way, nonsensical stories about Trump and his activities, let's say. It's a family-friendly show overseas. You know the story. Yeah. Millian's alleged to have been the source of that. Whether he told someone who told someone who made it to the dossier or he told them direct. There are many allegations out there that Millian was the source. Now, again, weird, folks. Millian's dealing with Papadopoulos on the Trump team, just like Alexander Downer was, who was also connected to the Clintons, the Australian foreign minister. And all of a sudden, this information keeps making it back to the FBI. Look, I dealt with Papadopoulos. Hey, FBI. Hey, Fusion GPS. Hey, Christopher Steele. Folks, it's not coincidental. It can't be. It could be. Actually, I, should, I shouldn't say that. It could be coincidental. I, let me be precise. It's highly, highly unlikely. Now, What's the development? Yeah. Well, the Daily Signal piece, Joe, the FBI can't seem to find Sergey Milian. What? They want to talk to him. Yeah, read the piece. They're having apparently having a very tough time locating a guy who was more than happy to be in the media before this. Hmm. Fascinating how Milian seems to have like disappeared off the radar now. But more importantly, folks, this is where it gets crazy. Now we, we're going to get into crazy town now. All right. Not on my behalf, or crazy, like, if I, I mean... If if I if what I wasn't telling you is true, you'd think this was a Looney Tunes spy novel that no one would pick up, like a Vince Flynn novel, and you're like, no, nah, it's so ridiculous. So apparently a photo had surfaced from Millian's own social media accounts of him uh having a nice little chat with uh Deripasco, like Deripaska. Well, remember what I always tell you, remember the names. Names, yeah. Well, who is Deripaska? Deripaska is a Russian oligarch who is intimately close with Vladimir Putin. They are bold buddies. Deripaska is also the guy who's lobbyist. Follow, folks. This is going to be important. This is. I'm, and what am I trying to establish here? Just to be clear, I'm trying to set up the premise here that this was a sting and that Milian may have been part of it, knowingly or unknowingly. All right. A photo of Milian has surfaced with Deripaska. Deripaska's lobbyist in D.C. has a lobbyist, a guy named Waldman. His lobbyist in D.C. is the one who reached out to Democrat Senator Mark Warner, who was investigating this matter on the Senate on the, uh, on, the, on, the, for, on the Senate side. He's a Democrat. He is the one who reached out to Warner to set up a meeting between Warner and Christopher Steele. Next up, Crazy Town. Next up, <laughs> coming up. Ding, 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 ding. Five minutes, cow. Crazy Town. Five minutes, Crazy Town. <laughs> Have your tickets ready, folks. Crazy Town next. <laughs> folks, I follow the... Just, Unbelievable. This, is this not why I tell you to memorize the names? Because I read this piece by Chuck Ross. Holy and of God. course, Deripaska, if you listen to the show and you remember the names, should jump right out to you. So, Million is now... And in photos with Deripaska, Deripaska's connected to Putin. Deripaska's lobbyist tried to set up a meeting between a Democrat senator and Steele, the spy who wrote the dossier, 
who supposedly got the information about the golden shower from the dossier from Millian. Folks, the co- I mean, how many coincidences in this case are going to smack you in the face before you're like, wait, what? This stinks to high heaven. Thank you, Dr. Phil. It sure does. You're damn right it does. Ooh, is that pungent? <laughs> I'm telling you, this guy was set up. The Trump team. So was Papadopoulos. Downer meets with Papadopoulos in a London bar. Oh, Downer was instrumental in the Clinton Foundation getting uh, you know, millions of taxpayer dollars from the Australian government. Downer involved in the sale of Australian uranium uh, to the Russians. Downer magically communicates to American Intel after his meeting with the <laughs> Trump team. Got the, they know something about the Russians. Folks, this was a setup. The Agalarovs, they contact the publicist who contacts Trump. Hey, we know someone who's got information on the Russians. Let's set up a meeting. Who's the Russian lawyer who shows up at the meeting? Oh, a lady working for Prevazon. Who else is working for Prevazon? Oh, Fusion GPS, the same company that bought the dossier. Folks, this was a sting the whole time. It was a setup. How, I guys, listen, I was a federal investigator. You don't have to be one here. This is obvious. Yeah. This was a setup. Milian, all of a sudden, is as, as, as some kind of relationship with Deripaska. Deripaska's lobbyist apparently is friendly enough with Steele to try to set up a meeting with a Democrat senator. As Milian is alleged to have given the golden shower information to Steele as he was dealing with George Papadopoulos and the Trump team? Uh, yeah. What? <laughs> All right. Um, hey, hey, before I, you go on, it's yeah. good that you give the names and who they are. I think our listeners are remembering the names. There's a lot of players here. I, and, I, I hope so yeah, because I, I told you as a, when I was a young Secret Service guy... You know, the best advice I ever got from my boss. Yeah. Dan, don't remember the name. Memorize the names because you'll see them again every time. And if you don't, boom, yeah. right away know them, you're going to get lost. The minute I read this Chuck Russ piece and saw Deripaska, I sent it over to Matt and went, do you believe this? Like everything we've been saying forever is materializing in front of our very eyes. It yeah. was a sting. Hey, go get information from the Trump guys. And by the way, report back to us immediately. Uh, yeah. Crazy. All right. Oh, here's another one. Remember the names. So Breitbart. So that piece in the Daily Signal will be at the show notes today. Uh, check it out. Another piece in Breitbart today. Another remember the names uh, or memorize the names, I should say, scenario mm-hmm. here. So Jonathan Weiner. Jonathan Weiner, if some of you may be ringing a bell. Some of you may have forgotten. I understand there's a lot of names in this. Hillary used to work at the State Department. Obviously, she was Secretary of State. She left. John Kerry took over afterwards. Hillary Clinton maintained a robust, vibrant presence in the State Department through a number of people who had worked for her husband, Bill Clinton, who stayed there under the Kerry regime. It's obvious Hillary Clinton and John Kerry are political allies as well. Hillary Clinton maintained a at least a political influence foothold within the State Department. Jonathan Weiner is a State Department official. He was a special envoy to Libya who has already acknowledged in a Washington Post op-ed that he took information from Christopher Steele and passed it to law enforcement officials, even though, folks, he was a bureaucrat in the State Department. He was not a law enforcement or intelligence official. We've, Joe, you tracking? Yeah, yeah. Hillary's guy, still in the State Department, knows Hillary. Works at the time for John Kerry, to be clear, but has deep connections to the Clinton uh, to the Clintons. 
He is not a law enforcement or intelligence official. He magically meets with Christopher Steele. He magically gets information, comes from Sid Blumenthal and Cody Shear, by the way, who are working in Libya, where Benghazi is, by the way, wink and a nod. Like, I, I don't, there, there's a deep connection there, too, mm-hmm. of course. I'm not suggesting anything conspiratorial. I'm just telling you there's a deep connection there. Weiner's a special envoy to Libya. Sid Blumenthal is passing information from Libya to Hillary. Cody Shear works with Hillary. Uh, well, excuse me, works with Blumenthal and is gathering information and passing it to Blumenthal to get to Weiner's hands. Mm-hmm. Weiner's in the State Department. Why not give it directly to the FBI? Because they needed to launder the information. They needed to make, uh, to give the appearance. This is important, Joe. The Clintons and the Obama team in the setup on Trump needed to give the appearance that information about Trump's involvement with the Russians was coming from so many different places that it had to be true. Gotcha. Even though, Joe, it was all coming from the same spot. Yeah. Christopher Steele and Hillary Clinton. So what did they do? This is why I'm not suggesting to you these people were knowingly involved. They tell Blumenthal and Shear, get the information to steal to Weiner. Weiner will then do us a, Joe, he'll do us a solid wink, wink, nod, nod, right? He'll get it over to the FBI and then it'll come from the State Department. So it'll look like super official then, man. This is what we got to do. By the way, Weiner has acknowledged that he was the courier of information to the the intel and uh, federal law enforcement community. He's already acknowledged this in the Washington Post. None of this is up for dispute. Hmm. What's the new news? Well, if you remember the name Weiner, you know all that. Well, in an article, fascinating piece by Breitbart, where did Weiner work from 2008 to 2013? APCO. You're like, huh? The hell is APCO? APCO is the company alleged by the informant in the Uranium One case, Joe, that is alleged to have lobbied the Clintons to the tunes of millions of dollars to make sure these uranium deals went through. That's where I heard that name. Yep. The uranium Uh, business. uh, uh, Again, another in an amazing series of coincidences. How many times have I told you, folks, the reason the Trump spying scandal of the Obama team spying on the Trump team, that whole scandal went down, is because they needed an insurance policy, as Peter Stroke even indicated, although I think he was saying it for different reasons. They needed an insurance policy in case Trump won to make sure all of this stuff went away. And they used tools who all had were knee deep in it, whether it was Victoria Newland on her fake Benghazi talking points who worked at the State Department, helped relay this information to the FBI with Weiner. Whether it's Weiner himself who was involved with APCO when APCO is alleged to have lobbied Hillary Clinton to allow the Russians to buy our uranium. They all had something to hide. All of them. Now do you understand when people say things like the swamp rats and the deep state? Oh, you guys are all crazy conspiracy theorists, are we? You sure about that? You sure there, daddy-o? Because everything I'm telling you actually happened. You point, t- Tell me anything I told you that's a lie. What, Weiner didn't work there? Oh, let me, didn't work at APCO? Uh, Prove. you'll prove yourself a fool quite quickly. Weiner wrote in an op-ed he gave the information over to the State Department. He already told them that. (laughs) Sorry, I had to turn the screen on, but you see that, Joe? It screens on everywhere in this house. (laughs) 
Let me throw you another uh, wrinkle here that's going to blow your mind. Not only did Weiner work for APCO, the company that's alleged, by the way, and they dispute this, to be fair. Um, APCO does, that is. By, an, by a confidential informant, they are the company that's alleged to have lobbied Mrs. Clinton heavily to get these uranium deals passed through. Weiner worked there at that company. Weiner was part of the information superhighway to get information to the FBI through multiple channels. APCO also provided pro bono work, meaning for free. Yeah. Who do you think they provided that pro bono work to, Joe? Let me, I'll give you the initials and I'm going to give you a hint. I'm going to see if you can figure this out. The pro bono work was provided to a entity called CGI. The first initial of that stands for a former president. The second rhymes with the word flobal. And the third (laughs) one rhymes with the word Initiative. The so, uh, Clinton <laughs> Global Initiative. Uh, Dan. Dude, you are a genius. Oh. My gosh, you are the smartest executive producer in the business. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Very good. Very good. Very, and he gets and he get winner winner chicken dinner. He gets a free chicken dinner for that one at the at the local Lincoln dinner for the Republican Party. Yes. By the way, why is it every chicken dinner at a Lincoln dinner is always awful? Can we work on those chicken dinners? I go to a lot of these things. <laughs> Apgo provided pro bono work for the Clinton Global Initiative. Again, folks. Um, nothing to see here at all. It's all a big coincidence. Don't you worry. None of this happened. We're all crazy. It's not, I mean, it's, it's the worst spy novel ever. If you submitted this for publication, you would be laughed at. You would be mocked. All right. Today's show also brought to you by buddies at filter by listen, it's been really cold over the winter. Thankfully it's starting to warm up down here in Florida, but the problem even with the warm up in Florida is you get a lot of pollen, mold, and allergy-aggravating pollutants in the air. So either way, your HVAC system's working overtime. Folks, you don't want these things to break on you. It cost me a fortune. Both of mine blew out at the same time. I had to replace my ductwork, everything. If you aren't properly maintaining your filters, you're not only breathing uh, unhealthy air. I was going to say crappy air, but we don't want to say that. But it's still crappy, but it's also unhealthy. You might find yourself with no heat and thousands in repairs. Now there's a better way with FilterBuy.com, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. You got a thousand filters in your small business. These are your guys. You got two or three in your house. These are your guys too. FilterBuy.com carries over 600 different filter sizes, including custom options, all shipped free within 24 hours and are manufactured right here in America. Good job, Filter Buy. Filter Buy offers a multitude of MERV options all the way up to hospital grade, some pretty clean air. So you'll be removing dangerous pollen, mold, dust, other allergy-aggravating pollution out of the air while maximizing the efficiency of your system. Right now, you can save 5% when you set up auto delivery, so you'll never need to think about air filters again. Save money, save time, breathe better with FilterBuy.com. That's FilterBuy.com, 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 and a sincere debt of gratitude to everyone who supports our sponsors. Um, And I'm hesitant to address this, but I feel it's only responsible to do so. Um, Most of you have emailed, who know what I'm talking about, have emailed me about it, but we have dropped a a sponsor. Uh, It's a good company. Um, They're not a bad company, but they made, I think, a very bad decision. And uh, we have terminated our relationship with them. And uh, I haven't told Joe about this before the show, but Mm -mm. you'll... uh, most of you have emailed me. I've responded back to you, and most of you can figure it out. We don't take that kind of money, and uh, we never will. I'd rather go broke. Mm. So thanks for the emails on it. But uh, I don't feel any need to further. It's, it's a, they, do good, they do a good job. I wouldn't have taken them on in the first place otherwise. But nah, 
my wallet will go dry before we do that. Okay, moving on. And that, by the way, that had nothing to do with FilterBuy. That is a great company. Obviously, we still did <laughs> talk about a totally different thing. And those of you who emailed me on it, you know what I'm talking about. Folks, very, very, very important case uh, being heard today. I'll tell you after the show, Joe, by the way. Um, okay. Huge case being heard in the Supreme Court today. This is going to be uh, of mammoth importance. It is the Janus case. You mean, oh, oh, the Janus case. What the heck is this? The Janus case. Here's the deal. I'm not going to beat you up with the details on it because, you know, it's not a, this is not a, this is not lawfare blog, right? But it's a case that's going to deeply impact the power of organized labor at the government level, state, uh, federal, and local to influence politics um right now folks it's clear as day it's not a knock on union employees please don't email me hate mail well you can free speech you know you can do what you want i'll i'll read them but uh you're wasting your time this is not what i feel my i have you know my brother's a union employee so was my father for a very long time you guys do and ladies do hard work god bless you i'm simply saying that these the model that organized labor management and interests have is not sustainable it's just not. There's not. The finances aren't there for it. It's a violation of basic math. Saying otherwise is simply ignoring the hard reality, okay? It's not sustainable. State budgets are going bankrupt on pension promises they made that can't possibly be fulfilled. It's not that they don't want to. They can't. They took on way too much. So the problem with that is some of the unions have what are now called agency fees. Um, these agency fees, Joe, are, you know, you know what these are? When you're in a union, uh, you can you don't have to be in the union. Yeah. You still have to pay a fee called an agency fee. And that agency fee, the idea there is that, well, these unions are bargaining for everyone's interests, so you should have to pay too. Some of these people have said in response, and I think this is the right response, and I know some of you disagree, and that's fine. I don't want you bargaining for me, and I don't want to pay for it. Mm -hmm. If you choose to do so, great. Bargain for that's fine. I don't want it, and I don't want to pay. So there's a case, uh, the Janus case, it's being heard today, it's probably going to be decided in June, that's going to determine if these agency fees, in other words, Joe, mm -hmm. the forced payments to a union mm -hmm. for what this person at least believes is political speech, mm -hmm. on the legality of it. Right. I am convinced, as many others are, and I would be astonished if it didn't, that these fees are going to be thrown out as entirely unconstitutional. The reason I say that show is a very similar case against the California uh, Teachers Association, one of their unions over there, one of their education interest groups, was uh, left hanging on a 4-4 because Scalia uh, tragically passed. So there weren't nine, there were only eight. So right. it was now it's being heard again in a different format in what, the, in what they, call, they call the Janus case today. They are going to lose. Uh, the unions there. I'm telling you, take it to the bank. They are going to lose now that Gorsuch's on the Supreme Court. I cannot imagine possibly, uh, I, I'll be, I'll have to correct myself otherwise, but it is going to be a 5-4 ruling. Um, I believe Gorsuch will rule in favor that these are unconstitutional payments being made and unconstitutionally forced speech. But I, I don't want to get into the legal mockery. I was just setting you up. Here. There's a reason the Democrats are losing their minds over this today. There's a piece of the New York Times. I'm not going to put it in the show notes. I'll just, because it's, it's a long, boring piece, but you can always count on the New York Times to air the Democrat grievances. Now, Joe, why do you think the Democrats are losing their minds over this? Because who did Democrats get their money from primarily in elections? Special interests yeah. and labor interests, because right. they support big government, mm -hmm. big government pension payments, right? Unions. So mm -hmm. this is from the New York Times piece. 
They talk about uh, how this is going to impact the vote if they lose this. It says a recent paper by Mr. Hertel Fernandez and two colleagues may foretell what Democrats can expect if Mr. Uline and his fellow philanthropists succeed. In other words, the people who want these agency fees thrown out. This is crazy, Joe. Listen to this. It found that the Democrat share of the presidential vote dropped by an average of 3.5 percentage points. You know how much that is? Wow. Drop- after the passage of right to work laws allowing employees to avoid paying union fees this listen to this folks take this sucker to the bank this is the most important sentence you're going to hear all day that is larger than the democrats margin of defeat in several states that could have reversed their last three presidential losses Mm. in other words this could be an earthquake for our national political scene we may be talking about percentage points of the vote that are dispositive in the outcome of a national presidential election from this point on that was due to right to work forget about agency fees it would wipe out millions and millions of tens of millions of dollars in forced payments that would have went where joseph Mm -hmm. into democrat coffers eventually folks they are in a full blown panic over this again union guys and ladies out there i love you whether it's coming from the heart whether you believe it or not is your call i don't care i know what's in my heart my heart is pure i'm telling you you have not been represented well you have been represented by people who made demands that could not possibly possibly and i joe to be to our we said the same thing about social security last week it impacts me too so don't give me oh it's easy for you to say man no 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 time out you don't listen to my show I gave up my government pension, so no one's going to lecture me about it. Thank you. Have a nice day. I'm simply telling you, if this thing goes down and these payments are no longer forced for people to pay in the unions that don't want the representation, it is going to be catastrophic for unions. And it's their fault, Joe, for not balancing, in my opinion, for not balancing Mm -hmm. their political interests. That's not what they did. Big, big, big mistake. Okay, let's see. How are we doing here on time? All right, we got. I got time for one more thing. You good? Um. All right. Uh, this is going to be a tough one. So, I have a personal friend in politics, uh, Brian Mast, who is a very heroic, patriotic American. He is uh, the congressman in District 18 in Florida, where I live, right. down here in Martin County. Uh, he's still a friend and will remain so. Um, but he is my representative and he is in the public sphere as am I. And people take shots at me and it's fair enough. I disagree with him, but he has made a catastrophically bad decision. I didn't tell you this either. No. So Brian uh, is a, is a member of Congress again, Florida district 18 and came out with a decision to basically put severe constraints on the sale of uh, rifles chambered in sportsman rounds and self-defense rounds and all kinds of rounds. It is an awful decision my problem with this decision is that it's not how brian ran for office he ran as a republican and i was a friend to him and i warned him one time that if that a lot of people placed their faith in him because of, he's a war hero and he was mm-hmm. and he still is but that they would be severely disappointed folks i'm saying this because it's, it was a very it's painful and it's personal what happened this weekend um, i'm not going to relay any any personal communications it's not relevant to the conversation but I just want you to understand, just like I told you about the sponsor situation, that this is this isn't just a show to me and Joe, right? I don't, right. Joe. I think you can attest to the audience. I don't need the money. 
None. None. Um, anymore. Thanks to a lot of success. I'm not, listen, I'm not sitting here. Hey, look, I'm not doing a Thurston Howell on you. I'm just telling you, money is not my motivation. We're fine. We've made some smart business decisions. We're A-OK. I don't need anything from anyone anymore. We're all right. This show is my passion. It's the reason we don't skip Christmas, Thanksgiving, nothing. Joe and I have never missed a show. Because it's my heart and my passion. And just like the sponsor situation, even though Brian is and will remain a personal friend, I owe it to my audience to defend what I think is right. And this is not right. This is an unconstitutional move. It will do nothing. Zero to stop gun crime. It will do nothing to stop crime in general. It will do nothing to stop mass shootings. The evidence is overwhelming. Listen to my show from last week. It feeds into left-wing hysteria that putting more obstacles in front of legal gun owners who have done nothing wrong is going to somehow stop murderous, violent, rampaging criminals from preying on the innocent among us. It will do nothing. It is a grotesque violation of the principles we stand for and that he ran on, and I'm extremely disappointed. I'm encouraging anyone who can find the backing or anyone who can find the conservative guts to get out there and do it to seek a primary run. And it saddens me to say it because he is a good man. He just made a very, very bad decision. Sorry I had to put that out there, but it's important. All right, tomorrow's show, um, I'll include in the show notes today this article so you can kind of brush up for tomorrow. But I want to go over to tomorrow some uh, just get, getting rid of some nonsensical gun myths that are out there that sadly some people are still parroting. Again, Joe, I've heard the gun show loophole this weekend, yeah, folks. Yeah. There is no gun show loophole, okay? There is no gun show loophole. There is no federal gun show loophole. There is no state gun show loophole. It is nonsense. The gun show loophole is a myth. Every single purchase of a firearm made from an FFL, a licensed federal firearms dealer, at a gun show or elsewhere, has to be background checked. The gun show loophole is a focus group tested talking point to the left to confuse you. The only sales that don't mandate a background check are private-to-private sales by citizens of the same state. I'll put an article up by Sean Davis. It's an older one at the Federalist at the show notes today. It's terrific. Sean Davis is magic on Twitter. He is a terrific guy. Follow his account. There is no gun show loophole. None. It does not exist. If you go to a gun show and buy from one of the, in some cases, hundreds of federally licensed firearm dealers there, I absolutely promise you on my life, you will do a background check and you will fill out a 4473. 1,000%. The only sales are private to private sales. It doesn't matter if it happens at a gun show or anywhere else. If from residents of the same state, that is it. Stop the nonsense. It's not true. But I, I'll have more of those tomorrow I want to debunk, so it's important. Don't miss tomorrow's show. All right, folks, I appreciate it. Appreciate you sticking with us last week. And I'm also going to get to this piece by Kurt Schlichter. That is awesome about how we fight back against this economic war going on against the NRA and everyone else. I'll talk to you all, all tomorrow. Please visit Bongino.com. Check out the show notes today. Thanks a lot, folks. See you tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.